Welcome back to episode 76 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy. And uh, if you are looking for Thanksgiving leftovers, you can just follow my trail of crumbs. Ooh, I like that. Very nice. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Mike Coyle. And you know, the Gatewatch don't have a traditional Thanksgiving feast. No? No, no, they prefer just desserts. <laughs> Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So this past week, we both got our hands on all of our Commander Legends product. Yeah, that's been... Actually, apparently I have a little bit more coming. There was another store that I bought from online that I forgot about. But all the stuff I'm going to open, yeah, we received that already. Yeah, so I, I actually did open a, a collector's booster box. I did get one for my birthday, and um, those are really fun to open. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they they give a lot of those etched foil cards, mm -hmm. the etched foil commanders. And so I think I opened all but three of the original partners back from when they originally released partner. Nice. So that was cool, and I had to pick up a couple of cards for, for a deck that I'm making um, and when I went up to my LGS, they had um, the other three. I mean, they were like, I, I think that I didn't open Siddhar Kondo. I didn't open like a Kiri Line Slinger. And mm -hmm. so, so it was like the the cheaper of the bunch. Um, so I picked those up and they are really fancy. Yeah, they are. I know. They I, look a lot nicer in your hands than they did. I mean, you could see it online, but they're really nice in your hands. Yeah, I actually uh, really, really like the monocolored ones, though. Like the the foil etched like Sakashima of a thousand faces looks absolutely beautiful i know it's an amazing card too but it's also a very pretty card it's just the cherry on top when you also get it in etched foil right yeah. which i did get so that was an exciting one to have gotten yeah i actually <laughs> ended up replacing um, my scarab god with tormod sakashima partners and got a chance to play that a couple days ago and um, that deck it's it's much better with those commanders so that's really cool Instead of the Scarab God. Instead of the Scarab God. So the Scarab God went into the 99, and then I removed uh, Rings of Bright Hearth and Training Grounds because those cards are specifically for the Scarab God. Yeah, um, makes sense. So it was a really easy swap, and, and the deck is a lot. It's a lot of fun still. Did you did yeah. you start brewing anything yet? So I am putting together Malcolm Vile Smasher for a CDH game that we're playing with Moderately Anonymous MTG. Mm -hmm. And then um, I... I haven't been brewing anything else yet because I've actually been working on up upgrading and updating a bunch of decks that um, I, I just got all those new cards for. Makes so, sense. Yeah, I added Crock the Thumbless to Zindersplit and Oaken, and I played a game last night, and I ended up getting a Spark Double with Zindersplit and Oaken, and then I also got Crock the Thumbless out. So um, – I, I did end up milling all of my opponents with the Sphinx's tutelage. So that was, <laughs> there's a first for everything. That's pretty great. Yeah. So that was really cool. But uh, I think I've spent a solid three hours so far updating, just updating decks. Cause I was like, Oh gosh, there's so many good cards that I need. And those new battle bond lands are really fantastic. So I've been yeah. adding, I did open a bunch of those um, between the collector's box and then the boxes that we opened just, just regular, um, which was nice because I have a lot of decks that could could remove some basics. You know, I, I haven't gone all out on the mana bases on every deck. So for the most part, I can remove basic every set when there's a new dual land that came out. Mm -hmm. That's not what I mean, audience, when I say just cut a land. 
I'm not saying cut a land for another land. You cut a land to put more non-lands in your deck. No, I didn't. No, I didn't cut. No, that's not the deck that I cut a land in. The deck that I cut a land in was Lavinia, Azorius mm -hmm. Renegade. I cut a land and added Hull Reacher. Oh, yeah. Because it makes treasures. Well, and the deck's already mean, so you might as well throw it in. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it. That's... That's what the uh, uh, my blue black Arumi deck is playing Hall Breacher and Opposition Agent in there because they're good. They're good cards. My um, I I I don't think I'm gonna put them in my Lazav um deck. My my new Lazav. That's kind of cool though to for that deck. You can yeah, because you can turn him into them mm -hmm. later. So when someone counters it, you're like, that's fine. I'll just make it. I'll make Lazav it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That deck is is getting to the point where it's a little just too competitive, and I don't know how you brew that deck to not be competitive. And it might just be something where I want to build the other Lazav and just have a bunch of funky things that go into the graveyard sure. as opposed to turning my things into or turning it into my things that I know are just kind of combo-y. Right. I mean, I don't know how that deck wins otherwise. <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty much it. Did you, so have you, what have you been building then? So you changed your Scarab God deck. What else did we, what so, else did we do? So I built a Rumi of the Dead Tide uh, just to see how competitive I could make it to see if I could have it hang in a CEDH meta. And uh, it, I mean, I haven't tested it out or anything. It looks okay, but the decks I'm really excited for. So I, I've, I'm finally doing my mono black partners deck. Uh, and it's going to be... Oh, and you changed it, right? Yeah. So I, I said before that it was going to have Tevish Zot as at least one of the commanders, but I changed that. So it's um, Nadir, Agent of the uh, Dusknell, and Miara, Thorn of the Glade, Mono Black Zombies. Um, but really, it just focuses on Nadir's ability. Uh, when Nadir leaves the battlefield, you get a number of 1-1 one, one green elves equal to Nadir's power. Um, Wait, is it elves or zombies? It's elves. Oh, okay. Mono black elves. Yeah, because ah. it's a mono black elf that when it leaves, it makes green elf tokens. Um, so it's kind of focused around its uh, Nadir's ability there uh, to either blink it, kill it, and reanimate it. Um, try to make as many tokens as possible. Use the you know how my mono black decks goes. Use all the tokens as mana fodder to an Ashnod's altar and try to kill everyone with a torment of hailfire or something like that. It's yeah. it's very streamlined. It'll be boring, but at least I'm gonna have it. And then no, that's that's exciting. I'm also building uh, mono red Jessica uh, Rogue Rock, which is also a combo deck mm -hmm. built around Cloudstone Curio and the other zero mana kobolds um, with Rogue Rock to just have uh, like infinite enter the battlefield triggers and that one. It's a little bit harder to make mono red competitive, but uh, we'll 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 try to make it work. It'll be fun. I'll, I'm, I would like to try to play both of these decks on uh, Mental Missteps that we're going to be playing at the beginning of December. Uh, are we playing with Mental Miss? No, I thought no, it was Moderate I'm sorry. Anonymous. It's Moderate Anonymous. You're right. Met, yeah, met them. You're, you're going to be scheduling games with both. Right. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. No, no. I, I was like, oh, gosh, do I have the wrong show? No, <laughs> it's just that's that's when I saw him playing with you was on Mental Missteps stream. Yes. Yep. Um. Uh, so the other thing that, and I can't remember if I talked about it on the show or if I talked about it off the show, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back and, and, and if I didn't, well, then I'll explain what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. So, um, I had talked to Coyle about not enjoying the game chess. 
So this is completely aside from magic. So mm-hmm. we've been watching The Queen's Gambit, actually. So no spoilers or anything, but Coyle watched it. We watched it. The show's fantastic it was so if good. you have not watched The Queen's Gambit. Um, and I will tell you, for the first, like, five, not five, three. I'll probably give you three. I didn't look anything up. And I was like, I don't really know what The Queen's Gambit actually is Mm. and i was like waiting for someone to be like and the game has been won with the queen's gambit Mm -hmm. and i learned it's a it's an opening yeah it's not a it's not a closing it's not like someone won with fast's oracle you don't win with queen's gambit no it's like turn (laughs) one soul ring it's like turn one soul ring right so queen's gambit has given me a different appreciation of chess still have absolutely no idea how to play but I know that they refer to squares on the board with with letters and numbers. That so that's true. interesting. And I know the names of all of the pieces now. Um, I was told that I actually probably would enjoy chess. So I might have to... I think we have a chess board. I mean, I just I've got a chess board. A, I'll come over and I'll, we can play. It'll be fun. You'll crush me. Of course. Don't, there's no <laughs> holding know. back. I will be, I'll be your Russian teacher that, that just crushes you every game and it just get better and better. And then you eventually beat me. And then once you beat me, I'm not sour about it at all. I'm just like super proud and teary eyed that you're like getting so good at chess. Like, Oh God, he's, he's grown up so fast. I've grown up so fast because you, because you supported my learning. That's right. Uh, good segue into support. If you would like to support our show, <laughs> you can head to patreon.com slash guardianprojectpod and donate for any dollar amount. Um, we really appreciate all of the support that all of our uh, listeners give to us and and cannot thank you enough. Yeah, and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast, real easy, whatever you're listening to the podcast on now, whether it's YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever in between, if you could follow, like, subscribe, if you're on YouTube, hit that bell icon. Uh, also, if you want to see some of our uh, streamed content, we we make VODs and upload all of our VODs to YouTube uh, from our Thursday night streams. So you can check those out. Um, we also have a TCG Player affiliate link located in the show notes below. So if you're looking to pick up any singles or sealed product from TCG Player, please use our link. It supports the podcast. We get a little bit of a kickback that helps us do some of our pack get giveaways that we do um monthly and uh yeah nice so coil what are we talking about this week um so this week we have uh two main subjects uh one of them we're going to talk about um you know i just mentioned that we stream on thursdays it's actually kind of weird because this week we're going to be streaming on wednesday um we're going to be playing with tap that mtg and we're going to be playing some art theme decks and we're going to give some quick intros on our art theme decks that we're going to be playing there um, and then we we are, since Thanksgiving is this Thursday, why we're not streaming this Thursday, we're going to talk about some of the things we're thankful for from this past year. Yeah, I'm, I am very excited to, to talk about these art decks. And then um, in, in classic fashion, we're going to probably just make it an annual thing. Now we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for. So um, let's get to it. So last week, we did talk about some of the... We gave a little brief intro into the decks that we were playing. Um, And I am playing Liza Shroud of Dusk. And it is a 5-5 flying lifelink angel that says whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life. So it's in the Orzhov colors. And... um, 
the the whole deck is just based on cards with with bent knees <laughs> just just bent so, knees bent knees okay so they're they're flying or they're kneeling or they're uh, praying some are falling um so the whole deck it has to have cards with artwork with bent knees so i we use scryfall tagger so if you go to scryfall you can they have a tagging system where you can look for cards that are that have specific depictions and so i looked for things where someone was kneeling or sitting because it, you, you're for the most part going to find uh, artwork with bent knees. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a lot of fun to look through these. So um, I, we were going to do some deck techs, right? So I did get a chance to play uh, Liza for the first time the other day. And uh, Liza does say whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life. So that includes me. Um, I'm glad I learned that because I would have looked foolish on stream. But I was like, oh, not losing life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, the, the the I would say before I go into it, the the one problem is I don't really I don't have any ramp. I oh, there are yeah. no rocks that include bent knees. There's I looked for any sort of ramp that had a character in it holding a mindstone doesn't have anything. Obviously, the signets don't have you know, depictions of someone holding anything there, there was, there were no rocks that I could find in the right color. What about, um, what about the black and white mirror? Do, do they have bent knees? Uh, actually that's a good question. They're not, they're not in there right now, but I, I could, I could definitely check that out. So, um, that's the one thing I found. However, it is based on a lot of life gain. So even though my deck is very, very slow, I found myself being able to stay in the game because I ended up in the last game that I played, I gained 30 life in the game. Mm. Um, I mean, I was still constantly hovering around 20 <laughs> felt like, but I did gain 30 mm -hmm. overall. So, um, I do run 31 creatures. All of them have uh, a bent knee of sorts. Um, some some of the big ones here, Sarah Avatar is a creature that is, there, there's a character sitting with their legs crisscross. Your power and toughness equal to your life total. Um, Safara Sky's Blade, very strong. Um, flying lifelink, other creatures with flying have indestructible, so it works really well with my commander. Um, Rankle Master of Pranks, I know I mentioned that on the podcast last week when we were doing our brief intros here. Um, it, it makes it so that each other player loses a life, draws a card, uh, can sack a creature or discard a card, I guess, or all three. So that is, it can help me, um, draw a card and lose a life. And I guess it doesn't feel so bad, but then I have a lot of cards that, that, um, make my opponents lose life. So cards like corpse Knight, where, uh, when another creature enters the battlefield under my control, each opponent loses a life drawn as emissary at my upkeep. I gain a life each opponent, um, or each opponent loses a life. I gain a life. And then um, indulging patrician at the beginning of my end step. If you gain three life, each opponent loses three life. So it, it really is just um, pinging people or just mm -hmm. small incremental loss of life over a long period of time on top of them losing two life each time they just cast a spell. Right. So I the problem is Liza. What I've learned is it's did you lose the two? So instead of like did you pay the two for Ristic Study, it's mm -hmm. like did you? You have to remind people 
to lose the two, which I think is going to put a huge target on Liza. I actually <laughs> played it, you know, because one, I'm going to constantly be asking that question, but it's like I'm also constantly reminding people, do you, are you going to lose the two from this horrible commander that I have sitting out that you're probably going to want to remove now? You know, so I, that was one thing I did not think of, you know, so now mm-hmm. that I've actually put it into play, it's like, ooh, that might be an actual issue. Uh, two lands. So I have all basics except for two lands. I have a Seraph Sanctuary. There's an angel with a, knee, a bent knee and then Ifnir Dreadlands. So I can put a minus counter on something. Mm-hmm. Um, those those demons, those are legs. And I'm arguing that they're bent knees. I mean, <laughs> you, went, you went beyond I did when it comes, comes to that, including your lands. So I give you all the credit there. I did get two. I did get two lands. So uh, a couple of a couple of very interesting cards here. Um, I've got Mammoth Umbra, which gives totem armor. So inside of the mammoth, there's a, there's like a, a someone like meditating with their legs crisscrossed. So that's really great. Um, Greed is a great card mm. to refill my hand. So you pay you can pay a black and two life to draw a card. Um, the the person is like puking gold <laughs> sitting on a throne <laughs> but their knees are definitely bent and then there's a couple of good cards like uh, like pretty decent cards that are played regularly in commander like grasp of fate so when it enters the battlefield for each opponent exile a target non-land permanent they control until it leaves the battlefield i did in fact look up if uh horses had knees and uh of course if, if it was do. and and horses have knees for sure their knees are definitely bent. So I do have a couple of cards in here. Um, specifically, Crested Sun Mare is really good for uh, for gaining life. Um, Blind Obedience and Dawn of Hope are both in here. Banishing Light and Ashes of the Aberrant. Um, again, a couple more enchantments that are going to help me. Ashes have whenever a creature dies, you gain a life. I don't know if the players can't cast balls from graveyards or activate abilities of cards in graveyards is going to be relevant at all, but it is something that I that I do um, have. So then from a sorcery perspective, um, I do have a couple of board wipes. I have Planar Cleansing, uh, Ondu Inversion, and Martial Coup. And then Kaya's Wrath, um, she's she's definitely leaning forward and her and her knee is bent. Um, I I may be one of the only decks in existence playing the card guild. <laughs> Which card? Guild, so three and a black uh, for a sorcery that says exile target creature, and then you get a gold token. Oh, nice. so so I can exile a creature, so that's cool. Again, one of the main. Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a win con here, but it, it is when you see it in 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 most games. So exsanguinate um, is a very good card. Each mm-hmm. bolt loses X life. You gain the life um, lost that equal to the life lost that way. And then uh, Divine Reckoning is pretty cool. Each player chooses a creature and you destroy the rest and it has flashbacks. So I can keep my commander. I do think that this may be, this may have like Voltron tendencies. Sure. Um, so uh, the the only item that really, or the only card that really supports that is I am going to p- be playing one Stratoscythe. So it has imprint. You can search your library for a, for a land card, exile it. And then equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each land on the battlefield with the same name as that exiled card. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty great. If I can, you know, give my commander plus even even if it's just plus five plus five, then then she's a ten ten. I mean right. that's that could be two swings after Stratoscythe gets equipped. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then I do have um the, and one of the cards that I think will be very useful, I, I I did not get it in the game when I played this past week, is Soren Vengeful Bloodlord. So it says as long as it's your turn, creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink. Mm-hmm. 
plus two, you deal a damage to target player or planeswalker, so you would you would gain a life there. But um, the minus X is pretty unassuming and and not very um, threatening in most cases. It's just it's minus X return target card with CMC or target creature card with uh, CMC X from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it's a vampire in addition to its other types. So if you can if you can plus two Soren once and then Liza dies you can throw her in the graveyard and reanimate her with soren which is pretty cool do you have ways to get liza back if soren gets killed before you have the opportunity absolutely not okay so that's pretty risky it is but i figured in a in a themed art deck challenge Mm -hmm. i'm 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 assuming that there there isn't going to be too much destroy target planeswalker or counter target activated ability um True. it's just an ability that i that i you know that that's there that's interesting and then also obnixilis the hate twisted so whenever an opponent draws a card it deals one damage to that player and then i can d- destroy target creature um and its controller draws two cards so mm-hmm. it, it's just there because it, it it helps to reinforce that whole uh you're going to take a little bit of damage over the whole game and soon your life's going to be 20 and you're not going to realize it. <laughs> then we're so, playing standard. It's fine. And then we're playing standard. Yeah. So so I'm playing that. And then I guess um, a couple of instants here. I've got murder. I do have a fog in white. Um, the card holy day. I didn't realize it existed until I built this deck. So it says creatures attack and block as normal, but none deal damage. Mm-hmm. All attacking creatures are still tapped. Play anytime before attack damage is assigned nice so um that that's pretty cool bake into a pie that person's leaning to shove that pie in the oven um yeah so so that that's really what my deck is doing so i'm I'm really excited to see it so so um make sure you check out our stream on uh wednesday i guess the day that this episode comes out we might actually be streaming at the time you start listening to this (laughs) just do both at the same time it's fine it'll get real confusing but It'll it'll turn out well, for sure. <laughs> All right. So the deck that I built um, is helmed by Samut, Voice of Descent, and yes. this deck is uh, Yelling and Screaming Tribal. <laughs> uh, so every single artwork in the deck features um, a humanoid yelling or screaming, except for one card. I will say there's one card that does not depict a humanoid yelling or screaming. But I think I'm allowed to put Howling Mine in this deck. I think it fits just well enough uh, with the giant skull just like howling. Yes. You know, skulls are humanoid, so that works. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my deck is um, it, it's Naya uh, and it's built around kind of two different strategies. Um, and I was able to kind of pick and choose. You know, when, when you built an artwork deck, sometimes it's like you barely have enough cards to fill yes. out the deck. I didn't have that problem with people yelling and screaming tribal. I actually got to cut a lot of cards um, and throw in some good synergies. So uh, I guess to start out, Samut is uh, for three, a red and a green. Samut has flash, double strike, vigilance, and haste, as well as other creatures you control have haste. And as a three, four, that also has an activated ability of white and tap to untap another target creature. So, you know, I don't have destroyed target planeswalker, but I do have a double strike haste three four that could go after your Sauron, Andy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but it was uh, 
pretty easy to build um, around, you know, Samut just being a really good commander damage uh, commander, having haste and double strike. And so I was able to put a lot of um, instants and sorceries that will increase Samut's power and toughness, um, such as like a simple card like Brute Force, uh, which features like an ogre looking dude smashing something and yelling. <laughs> ogre looking dude. Yeah, you know, it's not a it's not a creature, so I can't tell exactly <laughs> what the artwork is, but it's like target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn is okay. actually increasing my damage by six when I'm swinging with Samut. Um, a, a card like Arrester's Zeal in order to get plus two, plus two and flying. Um and uh, there, there's a few other cards that will do it in kind of a slower fashion uh, at sorcery speed. One of my, uh, a card that, that I've never played before, but it's from one of my favorite sets that I drafted was Battle Bond, and it's called Crowd Goes Wild. Um, and it's for X and a green, and it has assist and support X. Um, and so whatever you pay into X, that's how many plus one, plus one counters you're going to put on a, a creature. And then wow. each creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it gains trample until end of turn. So I can try to convince the board to pump some mood up to a giant, giant creature. They'll feed all their mana into it, and I can swing a double strike trampler at someone's face and try to take them out. Um, Interesting. So this is this is a pretty Voltron-y deck then. It is, uh, but there is a few different ways to get around the Voltron aspect of it as well. Okay. Um, so it's kind of had kind of has like a token sub theme. Um, cards like Steward of Solidarity from uh, Hour of Devastation, where you can tap and exert Steward of Solidarity to make a 1-1, which synergizes uh-huh. well with Samut's ability to untap a creature so that it doesn't, uh, at the next turn, I don't have to wait for the exert counter to go away. I can just um, untap it and, and redo the tap uh, again without the exert counter. Um, yeah. Cards like Steam Catapult. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one before. I've never heard of what is Steam Catapult. <laughs> so it's a five mana uh, creature. So for three white, white, and it says tap, destroy target tapped creature, activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. So if there's uh, a tapped creature, maybe someone's commander or something that I just kind of want to get rid of, um, that does well. And, you know, the downside a lot of these creatures that have these tap abilities is that you have to wait an entire turn, but Samut grants all of my creatures haste. So I don't have to wait uh, in order to use their abilities. Yeah. Um, Kamal Pit Fighter is another one of my favorite ones. It's a 6-1 with haste that says tap Kamal Pit Fighter and it deals three damage to target creature or player. So I can potentially do two lightning bolts a turn um, with Kamal and Samut together. Um, and then I, I did put one um, inspired card in the deck. So inspired a keyword from uh, the old Theros block that whenever a creature untaps, you can pay a certain amount uh, and activate this ability. So God favored general is a one, one for one and a white that has inspired whenever God flavored general becomes untapped. You may pay two and a white. And if you do put two, one, one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. Um, and the reason this go wide strategy, uh, does work pretty well is because I'm playing, um, an enchantment called betrothed of fire. That says sacrifice an untapped creature, enchanted creature gets plus two plus O, or sacrifice the enchanted creature and all creatures you control get plus two plus O. So it's either a combat trick when you're swinging in with your commander, or you can, again, go just the go wide strategy, sacrifice your commander and give everything else um, some extra damage. And Andy, just like you, I did find some board wipes. Uh, Definitely people yelling and screaming in a lot of these board wipe arts. 
Um, I guess the most unique ones that I found are one uh, that we that we talked about in our 10 under 10, um, which was Martyr's Cry. So it's a sorcery okay. sorcery for white white. It says all white creatures are removed from the game. Players must draw one card for each white creature they control uh, that is lost in this manner. So it's kind of card draw on top of white exile. So when you told me that you were playing your, your black white deck, I said, cool, this removal spell works against that. You get to draw cards, though. So you get to draw yeah. cards. Hey, I'll take draw. I don't have much draw in that deck, so. Right. Um, I'm playing Qatar's Wrath. Um, it has the extra threshold ability in order to get a couple 1-1 one, one white creatures after wiping the board. Um, and then one very unique one that is going to look really mean on its face, um, but, it will oh. only, but it will only be used in the mean way when I know I can close a game out. Um, the, the card's called Catastrophe. So it's four white, oh. white. It says destroy all creatures or destroy all lands. So if I have a really good board state, if someone, you know, destroyed everything and all I have left up is a Samut and everyone's real low, I might decide to just destroy everyone's lands and close out the game. There's, you know, there's a little <laughs> couple good things in there. Um, some some enchantments in order to grant lifelink because uh, I know it's going to be kind of a grindy um, game. Um, so noble purpose uh, doesn't technically give lifelink, but whenever a creature I control deals combat damage, I gain that much life. Um, Orum's prayer is a cool one that I found. So if any creature attacks you, I gain one life for each attacking creature. Um, mm. True conviction, great card. Creatures I control have double strike and lifelink. Um, that's again probably used more for the go wide strategy uh, i decided to put smothering tithe in the deck he might be puking gold but as someone told me no one's quiet when they're puking so <laughs> they're probably upset and yelling <laughs> about that so right um so uh, another card that um i've i've heard i think the edh rec cast talk about this card before um as a as an underplayed card and this is card is called equal treatment Oh, it's an instant for one in a white. This says if uh, if any source would deal one or more damage to a creature or player this turn, it deals two damage to that creature or player instead. Draw a card. So this is kind of a a, a double uh, use. So you can swing a bunch of one ones and then activate use this spell and make them actually hit for two. Or someone could be swinging a twenty twenty at you and you can activate this and it'll only hit you for two. So um, kind of a fun card that I found. Um, some really good cards that you would play in a normal deck, like Beast Within, uh, the new the art from Battle Bond and Beyond uh, has, features a screaming person. Um, battle, <laughs> battle him to add red mana for each creature you control, um, which goes well in some of the, some of the fire breathing abilities that I was able to find uh, in order to add into this deck. Uh, mob rule is going to be a pretty big win condition for me um, in order to steal everyone's creatures or. Creatures of either higher or lower than um, a certain power. So hopefully I'll be able to steal everything with that. Mob Rule is actually a decent card, not even just in a deck like this. It's mm -hmm. good in regular Commander. I play that For in sure. Marisi Breaker of the Coil, and that, that can shut game, you know, close games out. Right, absolutely. Um, and the last two big cards I want to talk about, my two favorite cards in the deck personally, are my Mono Green Fog Arachnogenesis. Where oh, I so good. Yeah, prevent all non-spider damage and make spiders for each uh, creature that's attacking me. And then um, one, the other artifact, other than Howling Mind, that I was able to fit in the deck, which is called Kill Switch, 
Uh, and Kill Switch is a three CMC artifact where you pay two and tap it and tap all other artifacts. They don't untap during their controller's untapped step as long as Kill Switch remains tapped. So if other people do tend to play an artifact deck or something, I'll be able to shut them down. But it also has a little bit of added synergy with Howling Mind, and I can make it so that I can have the Howling Mind trigger and no one else can have the Howling Mind trigger. Interesting. I, I did not... I didn't think about shutting down artifacts. I guess it's good that I only have one. And yeah, <laughs> I'm going to shut it down. <laughs> well, it's only one, but it's a, it's an equipment. Oh, so it's going. It's. I'm going to tap it just in case you have anything with improvise in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't have any improvise. No. So I'm I'm really excited to play against your deck. Yeah, it's, I have not played it yet. I say I've I've played it uh, twice, and you know when I was building it, I kind of wanted to make sure that it was playable outside of a full artwork um, deck two or our artwork pod too. So I would put it at probably like a power level six, only because Samut is just so inherently good at, at dealing twenty one commander damage. Nice. I would say that mine's probably mine's probably a precon level. Deck. Okay. I mean, I would say like if you played a precon out of the box. This might have more synergy than like that one for Lord Wind Grace. Okay. So, you know, like what, it can what about, do crazy things. What about compared it, to new precons though? Um, you know, I haven't played those as okay. just precons yet and I haven't seen them played as just precons, but, but having a commander that can be cast by paying two life instead of paying commander tax is mm -hmm. pretty inherently good. Yeah, it is. Um, when it's a five, five with lifelink. So one swing gives you back the life that you paid to avoid paying commander tax. Um, there's definitely upgrades that I could make. Um, yeah. I just did not put all of that into it. Um, I did add Alenda the Dusk Rose. Mm -hmm. um, I did, you know, I didn't mention that one too in depth, but um, you know, uh, there, there's a couple of cards that I would say make it definitely precon level, um, but maybe not as the commander isn't as inherently powerful i guess is the new simic serpent that that's going to let you play extra lands and draw cards that's very true but it's it's definitely stronger than i would say the pre-cons from the the like the was that 2018 is that the planeswalkers that came back again was that 18 that was 18 yeah yeah i would say it's on par with that and it's not a planeswalker so it's um harder to remove because you can't just swing at it fair enough yeah so um, I'm excited to to play the, this game. So we've also got um, a, a book uh, or um, uh, a book theme yep. deck that will be um, uh, Leslie's deck, and then Shauna is playing an elders deck. So it's got, um, I believe, it's specifically elderly ladies. Ah. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing those. So make sure to check it out. And if you don't catch the stream, we'll have it on um, YouTube the following week. All right. Um, yeah, so now let's talk about things that we're thankful for. Yeah, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and we hope you all have a safe and um, socially distanced Thanksgiving, however you're doing that. I'm I'm unfortunately not seeing any family this year, but I'll be honest, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, I, I do Thanksgiving dinner for the side dishes. I'm not like a turkey person. So for me, I can just make like stuffing and stuff at home <laughs> the turkey's just, like just make the hard bread, part and it's like no and thanks i don't want any of that yeah well yeah. i i really like the turkey and the mashed potatoes combo and like one of my favorite things though is leftovers i think i enjoy leftovers more than i enjoy the feast itself 
There are some things that are better as leftovers. I'll 100% give you most soup is better as leftovers. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, my family grew up with the, like that cold turkey sandwich stuff with like hot mm. gravy. No, th- I'm, I'm out. Oh my like, gosh. No, it's thank you at all. On homemade bread with fresh mashed potato. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. So the first thing I want to say that I am thankful for this year is the whole entire internet. Wow. Um, <laughs> what an umbrella. <laughs> it's not- <laughs> it is is such a wonderful thing. Um, I don't know what I would do if I did not have the internet in the year 2020. So we are able, you know, we're recording the podcast from home again. So um, what you're hearing is from uh, what others refer to as their, their headquarters. Um, We, ours is usually at the studio, but um, this is my, my guardian project headquarters. Yeah. And I guess this is, I guess we we're we might be one of the only uh, podcasts that has three headquarters. Three, three headquarters. So in three different cities. So wow. Um, without without the internet, we wouldn't be able to continue to record these. We obviously wouldn't be able to stream at all. We have played a lot. We've we've met a lot of really great people, and without the internet, which I am thankful for, we would not have been able to do any of this. Which is, um obviously something that that we're very lucky to have and that we were able to kind of figure all of this out right as the initial lockdown was starting Mm -hmm. um because if if i don't and i think we might have said this before but had we not had the lockdown we might not have gone as much into all of the streaming and getting new overlays and you know improving the podcast in the ways that we have because you know we now have a little bit more time because there's not really a ton of stuff that we're able to do anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were we were going to our LGSs twice a week to play Commander, and we can't do that at all. But we definitely weren't streaming every Thursday playing Commander. We weren't playing any webcam Commander before you know the 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 COVID happened. So yeah, we we we've streamed with other channels on the night that that we would play. The, like we have a Monday night league, which we we've streamed with other people. Friday nights, we initially streamed our show. Uh, we had a Friday night league, which obviously we're not doing. And then Sunday afternoons, which is when we're usually finishing up the prep for our show. We're uploading videos. We're we're getting everything together. Um, so we have a couple hours of work that we do on Sundays. Um, we would usually do like a Sunday afternoon um, commander event as well. So sometimes we were going three times a week to play commander. So the nice thing is that we can easily do that and you don't have any of the travel time to go to your LGS or come back. And it was, it was, I mean, I think it was a 20 minute drive for me. So, I mean, I guess I say 40 minutes to play commander for now. Yeah. Hey, that's gas money too. And the temptation to buy more singles every single time that you're at your LGS <laughs> instead of when you just have one lists. home every week. Oh my gosh. It's so tempting not to. I don't know how you can. It's like, Ooh, that Cloudstone Curio is only $32. That's a good price. I should have picked that up. <laughs> All right. So the first thing that I have listed here um, for things that I'm thankful for is in these last standard sets of Ikoria and Zendikar, we got a lot of what I consider to be commander centric legendary creatures. Um, And and what I mean when I say that is that um, the creatures, although some of them uh, did have really good use in standard cough, cough, uh, math, cough, cough. they're uh, for a, for a majority of them their um converted mana costs were just a little bit too high for the tempo of play that standard was happening or their effects just maybe weren't good enough there wasn't enough to build around it 
um, especially when it comes to the Ikoria mutate uh, legendary creatures. But those those creatures, you can tell the way they were designed. They they had at least commander in in the back of the head when they were designed, and they turned out to be really really fun creatures for the commander format. Whether they were going to be uh, your commander, like I have my Otrimi mutate deck, or if they're going to be in the 99, like I have in my Morophon everything tribal deck. Uh, yes. I thought they were really cool. We definitely needed more uh, commander support in the three color um, wedges. Yeah. Did I get that those right? Are, those are wedges. Yep, yeah. Not shards. Yeah. Um, and then we got, you know, some some cool uh, legendary creatures from Zendikar. We got our first mono red landfall matters um, creature in Morog. We got Phylath on Avenger of Zendikar in the command zone. You know, creatures that really aren't seeing a ton of play again in standard, but definitely with commander in mind. Um, it, they, they turned out to be really, really cool, fun to build around and fun to put in decks. And you're working on building your first uh, commander with a companion as well, which we got from Ikoria. That's right. Yeah. I'm As of right now, I'm building it as um, Kaidel and uh, Kodama. But I think I want to expand it outside of Simic and sacrifice Kodama for something else. Um, I don't know yet, though. I'm trying to be convinced that I shouldn't play Kodama, and it's difficult. <laughs> Kodama seems really cool. Um, I did watch the most recent game nights that deck with with Kodama and Togo. It, it seems like a really. I feel like Kodama will do a lot of things. Oh yeah. Um, and it, we 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 may not have seen or unlocked the full potential yet. Obviously, it's been out for one, not even in an entire week yet. You're right. Um, so I I agree that very cool card. Yeah. Um, the next item that I am thankful for, and this one might not obviously be for everyone here, uh, I guess it could be, but was the most recent standard rotation, not for a negative, not for a negative reason, because I did enjoy playing with Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, War of the Spark and, uh, Core 20 mm -hmm. in standard, but mostly because I have a, um, Ravnica block cube. And so uh, I have foiled, been working on foiling out all of the cards in that cube. And so it, it, it's all cards from Ravnica going back to Ravnica City of Guilds and, and Guild Pact and, and Dissension and, and then the Return to Ra It's all the Ravnica set. So it's not just a specific, you know, Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance and War of the Spark. So with those three rotating, they had a lot of really strong cards and um, they were really out of my price range to pick them up in foil. But once they rotated, obviously prices drop a little and we did see that um, just like every other set. So I was able to pick up um, some Shocklands in foil for cheaper Um even non-foils because you always want Shocklands for mm -hmm, Commander just for having sure. extras or just to make sure that you have one of each. You know, I know that at one point, some of those Shocklands at, at our LGS were selling for $7. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is so nice because, um, I don't know, in two or three years, they're going to likely be back to $20 because you, you grab them for all your Commander decks that are two colors. Or three, I guess, or five. <laughs> or any of them. Even, yeah. even the monocolor. Oh, wait, no, you can't do that. 
can't do mono color. So, um, you know, the, the one, there's one, you know, stipulation here, I guess, or one factor that, that hadn't been, um, something that we had to deal with in years past, which is the creation of the format pioneer. Mm -hmm. So now that pioneer is a thing, um, the prices did not necessarily plummet or become, you know, pennies on the dollar because some cards are are still being played right. or very or are still good although we can't really play pioneer um we have um historic on arena and so not that i necessarily think that those decks are affecting paper prices because there's no historic format to play in paper um but like cards like hydroid crisis are still $25 in foil you know, I would love to pick that up. It's in my cube for the Simic Guild. Um, I do have Guild cards specifically. Um, but for the most part, the prices went down and my cube really appreciated it. So for that, I'm thankful. Yeah, it's just it's just too bad that uh, this format that we play called Commander also drives some of these prices up and we can't get a copy yeah. of Guardian Project for under $5. <laughs> I know. It would have been so nice to have that as something we could have given out and signed and sent off. To fo- no, we missed the boat on that. Yeah, we should have picked a worse card. We, I mean, are, we should change our show name to something that's a very cheap card, buy them all out. And then we'll have a very popular show card to set up. We are the persistent petitioner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. If you would like to listen to our show, you can view it from above. Ha ha. Is yeah. that an expensive card? Not expensive card? Not expensive card. All no. Right. Sweet. No, it's it's like 30 cents on foil. Perfect. All right. We got our <laughs> we got our new podcast name. New show name. The 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 magic. From the view from above. The view from that sounds very condescending. Now that we say it, it's like we're looking down on everything. No, it's just a, it's a bird's eye view of all of the format. Oh, okay. So ah, we can see everything. So very general understanding, and that's why you come to our show. Hey, yeah? that's why you're yeah. here. Yeah. New segment. Drop that down. <laughs> and this is Andy's view from above. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next thing that we uh, that we are um, thankful for, or at least I'm thankful for. I know Andy just talked about how he hasn't really had a chance to to play with them yet. Um, but it's this is these new commander precons that were printed alongside uh, Zendikar and printed alongside Commander Legends um, specifically. Um, I mean, we, we only have four of them so far, but they the, the reason specifically why I like them more is because they seem to be more competitive. So everyone always talks about the, pre-can, the pre-con level of deck, and I think that has to change a little bit. I think there is the, right. the normal pre-con release, which has three different legendary creatures in them or two different legendary creatures and legendary creature partners that can swap in, and it seems like the synergies maybe are... Uh, separated between two or three different things in those precons versus these other precons printed alongside with the standard set of Zendikar and Commander Legends, which are very focused. So we had uh, rogues and we had lands in Zendikar. And then in Commander Legends, we have uh, equipment and we have um, landfall big things. So, I, I mean, Simic landfall big things you can build all day. You could probably have put three different legendary creatures in there that do the same thing and it would still be just as good. But um, it was re- it's really cool, I think, to see them pushing that little bit of power 
um, and stuff that is really straightforward. Uh, I do think maybe the commander pre-cons, well, one, commander is not a format you want to teach someone how to play magic on anyways. But if someone knows how to play magic and they're trying to get into the commander format, I'd much rather them play a deck that is very focused on one particular strategy rather than that can get confused on three different types of strategies. Um, on top of some of the uh, reprints that we're getting in these, I know we saw Avenger of Zendikar got, get reprint. We Ooh, saw great reprint. Um, Notorious Throng got reprinted. You know, um, just some of these some of these cards were, were really good. Even there are some uh, older cards that got reprints in the new border, um, like your mono blue extra turns uh, commander that you had for a little while. My my oh. Uh maloku yeah maloku got a reprint as well um in the new legendary creature art um in the new simic deck from commander legends so again reprints focused more competitive pre-cons thumbs up wizards you're doing a really good job with those yeah no no it's really great uh you know the next item that i you know or the next the next thing that i'm really thankful for is all the content creators honestly that we've met and we've started to stream with um, we were going to put together an entire list, but we have met so many great people. We don't want to forget to, to name <laughs> yeah. any specific person. So instead of naming anyone, we're not going to name anyone. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we we've met, we've we've been on, we've guested on streaming shows, we've been on um, other podcasts. We have had so many people on our streams and um, just communicating with people through through twitter um which is obviously our primary social media for for our podcast um we have we've learned a lot from from these other content creators we joined uh, a couple of discord channels um we were invited to be part of the content creator um reunion so we we actually kicked that off um and played with some some big names as well and um i you know i don't know if we even talked about this on the podcast but having people join our podcast from other shows really means a lot to us. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had Dana Roach on, we've had Zuby on, we've had Max Crandall on and, and it just having the people on our show, um, feels like we're, we're meeting people who we've been listening to for years. Yeah. Maybe, you know? maybe idols is a little too far of a word, but it kind of seems like it sometimes. And, and it feels, and, and, and it felt intimidating at first. We're like, Oh gosh, we're reaching out to Jim from the spike feeders and, and super nor everybody's super nice. And, and they were like, why are you nervous to talk to us? And it's like, I don't know. I have no idea. It's so like, you, you mean you're you a normal a person? You mean you're a normal, yeah, you, your show is fantastic. I love the content you make. So um, I, you know, it's, it's been really great. And, and there's a lot of new content creators that we've been working with that, that are looking up to us for things and reaching out saying, Hey, how did you do this? Or where are you getting your overlays from? Or where, you know, um, would you suggest doing this or what kind of music are you using? So it, it's been, it's been really nice um, networking and, and, and workshopping ways to improve our show with others as well. Yeah. I think, I think I am going to give two special shout outs in this pod. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Chris Wolf as a content creator with all of your artwork and stuff that you've been doing um, for us and our channel, along with all of the other content creators that you're supporting with your, with your artwork. Absolutely. I'm giving you a special shout out. And then uh, there's this guy called Ryan Nichols that is a content creator. <laughs> He's our producer. And I just wanted to make sure that he got a shout out here too. 
Yes, yes. Thank you both so much for all of the work that you've done and to everybody that's listening um, that that makes content or, or has worked with us or we have been on your show. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. Um, we, we cannot thank you enough for, for your um, support and um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Su- collaboration. Yeah, support and collaboration. Support yeah. command. <laughs> All right, and... Um, Next thing that we are thankful for here, we kind of already alluded to it um, just ad hoc when we were talking before, but um, for Commander Legends. Um, So all the new decks and the new brewing opportunities, a lot of these new staples, um, and even just honestly opportunities to talk about it. Some of the easiest episodes of the podcast that kind of just write themselves. Uh, We could just talk about this this format that just expanded tenfold with all of these different commanders and and staples. And uh, I mean, we could talk a full year just about commander legends and all the new things that are coming out here. So we have to give a shout out to Gavin uh, for, for making this beautiful, beautiful set that we can't wait to draft as well. Oh, what's that going to be like? All right. Fingers crossed the end of 2021 or 2022. Things look promising. Maybe we will, you know, start to pull out of this at the, you know, end of next year. Yeah. And I'll keep some sealed product around just for us. And then we'll also cube with my cube foils one day. I'll open that box again. It'll be great. It'll be really fun. (laughs) and then the last thing that we wanted to say that we are thankful for and this this is for both of us is we want to really truthfully thank all of our patrons we really appreciate all of your support you're the reason we're doing this we love that you comment that you like the things that we do that you want to play games with us you know this started out as something that we wanted to do for fun it feels like it's really growing into something more obviously this is not my my or coil's full-time job um, and we're not in it to just make money. We we would love to be able to um, use those funds to really just mo- improve our show and improve our streams. You know, this is not something that we're we're um, here to to pander for. We we really just cannot believe the support that we get from all of you, and and you really are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We we even stopped getting uh, coffee before we went to record our podcast. Um, and you know, we're because we're not going to use the patron money for that. We're going to put it all back into the <laughs> podcast and the show. I'm not no, saying we were using it before, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I know we joked about using using that to to pay for Ryan because we were giving producer Ryan coffee. We would pick up a cappuccino for him on the way over, is like because he does the show for us. That's so, right. Um, no, thank you all so much for your support. It it means a lot, and we've got lots of stuff in store for next for next year we're, we're looking at upping our goodies um we're starting to get low on tokens so we're gonna have to order more tokens so maybe we'll we'll do that and we're gonna look into um merch in the future i want merch for uh, just for i want i want merch i you want, i want you guardian personally pod just merch. want merch i want to buy <laughs> guardian pod merch personally yeah well t-shirts i mean playmats would be great we we really should look into playmats because our logo would be fantastic for a playmat to say you know like the guardian project or guardian project podcast with our logo it's absolutely. great absolutely it's, it's gotta be so so stay tuned um we want to thank you all for listening if you want to contact us you can find our podcast online at guardian project Podcast.com. You can find our social media on Twitter at Guardian Pod and our gameplay videos at youtube.com slash the Guardian Project. Um, and if you want to reach out to us directly, obviously reach out on Twitter or you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. 
You can find me personally on Twitter at ATFlory. And you can find me on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. Yeah. Yep. And and special thanks to to Ryan Nichols, our producer and editor, and Chris Wolf, who creates all of our thumbnails and overlays for our videos and streams. Um, have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, stay safe and eat all the food. Yeah. Remember to tap to uh, tap and sacrifice and gain three life. But Could, also, if you have trail of crumbs out, you're gonna pay one and draw a card. Yeah. Right? Or you could Put just be, the, or you just be Corvold and eat everything. You just eat all the food like Corvold and then swing out. That's what Corvold does. Yeah, you tell me what legendary creature you are on Thanksgiving. Are you Corvold? Are you Prosh? <gasps> Prosh eats a lot. Or maybe you act like Flibblethip because you don't like really like hanging out with some of your extended family. You just kind of sit in a <laughs> corner and you don't do anything. You're, you're totally lost at yeah, Thanksgiving. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.